Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Dan Wills. I'm from Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. So I want to say hello from Nebraska. Uh, I I know that there's some of you who are listening today, maybe for the first time, and I again want to thank you for joining us for the first time. But for the rest of you, uh, we are here uh, for our four-part message series called Mastermind. Change your thinking, change your life, and we are in the final week, part number four. And so if you are listening today, uh, I believe that you are listening for a reason and a purpose, and I, my prayer as always is that God will, will share with you what that reason and purpose might be. So let's dive in. So what do we know? We know that there's a battle going on in every mind. We know that most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. We know that it's almost impossible to... Uh, live a positive life when you're consumed with negative thoughts. We know that if if you don't change the way you think, how can you ever change the way that you live? God wants to speak a healing word into our minds. And so today, I, I want to end our four-part message series with, with God's word from Philippians chapter 4. We've been looking at the Apostle Paul, who was a prisoner in Rome, uh, when he wanted to be a preacher in Rome. And, and here he is a prisoner in Rome. And so he writes this very meaningful, encouraging letter of joy to the believers in Philippi. And this is how his ending, uh, or how he was ending his letter. It's Philippians 4, 6 through 9. And here's what it says. Do not be uh, anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. How many of you would say that you maybe occasionally or maybe even often have runaway thoughts? You know, where you worry about things or you have fear, some anxiety. Why do we do this? Well, when I was a child, one time I was out with my family and my dad was driving and evidently there was some other driver that didn't approve of his driving. And I don't know if you've had this happen to you before. Uh, And unfortunately it does to me more often uh, than probably it should. Uh, Someone doesn't like the way I drive. And so they tell me there's one way to heaven or something, you know, you know, they kind of give me that gesture if you, if you know what I mean. And evidently it was one of those times and And this driver ended up following our car all the way to my house. And we pulled into the driveway, and this guy in a a blue van followed us up to our house. And and he got out of the van, and he verbally attacked my dad in, in front of the house. And eventually, the man made his way back to the van, 
and laughed. But my mom explained to me very clearly that now there was a man who was very, very angry with, with my dad and, and perhaps with our whole family. And he drove a blue van. And he knew where we lived. So she says to us, if you ever see a blue van, just run inside and lock the doors. So now that every time I saw a blue van, I would run inside, lock the doors, and get under my bed. And to this day, decades later, if I see a blue van drive by, I run and hide under my bed. I'm kidding. I don't really hide under my bed, but, but my heart beats fast, and I, and I remember that day vividly. Just the sight of something can spin me out in, into worry. And maybe there are some of you, you're, you're worried about your grades because if you don't get good enough grades, you won't get into a good enough college and then you won't have that degree and then, then nobody will want to marry you and then you can't have kids that'll drive you crazy, you know, but because then, but eventually you do have kids and finally uh, you're, you're going to have to send them to school and then you're worried because you're going to send them where there's sex, drugs and rock and roll and methamphetamines and and guns and and all sorts of violence and then then you're going to grow and they're going to need cars with insurance and and braces and they're going to be involved in things if you know what I'm talking about and then you're going to realize you have to save for their college and you're still paying off your college and you're worried because now you have a headache you've probably got a brain tumor and all of a sudden life is spinning out of control all because you haven't studied for the upcoming exam. I want to know, am I the only one that gets crazy uh, with their, their thoughts, you know? Our minds can so easily run away from us. So let's talk about worry in the mind. If you've been with us in previous weeks, we've talked about our key thought, and that is this, that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Right? Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts, which is good news if you're thinking on things that are true and lovely and admirable, as Paul teaches us, right? If you're thinking on God's truth. But the, the problem is, when we're focused on things that make us afraid or, or anxious, our minds tend to run in a direction that may not be pleasing to God or, or helpful to us. Why is it that our minds often compound itself with fear? Well, the, I would like to try to answer that question. We've been talking a lot about the brain that God designed. And in our brains, there's a little almond-shaped portion of the mind that's known as the amygdala. Okay? And whenever you're afraid, the amygdala is, is in full gear. Now, the amygdala is a very helpful part of the brain that's wired for survival. It's wired to make us afraid so that we run away from things that could be hurtful or dangerous to us. It's the part of the brain that's responsible for fear. In other words, if you ever find yourself in a, in a dangerous situation, the amygdala kicks in, saying, sending strong doses of adrenaline to your body. For example, if you've ever seen a, a poisonous snake, your, your amygdala will say, danger, run for your life. Or if you're driving to church and there's some, somebody texting their way into your lane, the amygdala does its job and says, that's dangerous, swerve for your life. Or if you're in bed and you hear a loud noise, your amygdala uh, says either hide under the bed or, or get the lamp, turn it in, turn into a martial arts specialist, and use the lamp like nunchucks to take out the intruder in your home. The amygdala is responsible for your survival for fear. The problem is 
The amygdala is not objective. It's, it's got one rule, one function, and that is to protect. Your brain, the amygdala, is hardwired to protect it. And that's why this little almond-shaped portion of the brain needs help from the prefrontal cortex. This is the logical part of the brain. This is the part of the brain that speaks up whenever the amygdala goes out of control. For example, it's the middle of the night. You, you hear a noise somewhere. Your amygdala says, you're going to die. Well, the prefrontal cortex kicks in and says, no, that's probably the cat. And then your next thought from the prefrontal cortex is determining what to do with the cat, you know, which is something you should have probably have done and decided a long time ago to keep the cat from scaring your amygdala half to death in the middle of the night and other such cat problems that all cats cause, you know. I'm sorry, I'm a dog lover. I just, I get into that mode. And this is why God gave us the logical part of the brain to work with the amygdala that is pre-wired for survival. Without the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala, it responds according to programming. For example, blue vans are dangerous. Well, many of you, because of the way you've lived, your brain has now been pre-programmed to respond to triggers that take you to an unhealthy zone of worry, fear, and anxiety. You see something, you experience something, and it triggers a response that leads to fear on healthy thinking. Let me tell you very clearly what scripture does not say. Jesus, our Savior, did not say, let your hearts be troubled. He didn't say that. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. The angels who appeared before the coming of Jesus did not say, glory to God in the highest, stress anxiety on earth. They said, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Paul did not say, be anxious about everything, but while under house arrest, wanting to be anywhere else at all, Paul said this, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, don't freak out about your big tests. Don't be anxious about the job interview that's coming. Don't be anxious about your future spouse, even though you don't have a single candidate anywhere in sight. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, you're financially burdened when you're battling with an addiction, when you're fighting against a marital challenge, in every situation, by prayer and by petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which goes beyond our human ability to understand, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer, we present our request to God. And this supernatural peace from heaven will, will guard our hearts and our minds. So how do we achieve? How do we find? How do we experience this heavenly peace from God? We experience it through the pathway of prayer, talking to God. The problem is, for so many of us, is prayer is the last resort. Have you ever had or heard somebody say, well, all we can do now, I guess, is pray. Can you imagine God in heaven going, oh, you're down to that? All you got is me? Well, you're screwed, dude. You know, <laughs> all you can do is pray. No, 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 no. Prayer is never a last resort. Prayer is always a first line of offense. You can pray to God. You can boldly go before the throne of grace to find help in your time of need. If you have anything, you ask it. According to his will, in his name, God hears your prayers. You do not have because you do not ask. 
When you go before God, you have an audience with the king of the universe. Your heavenly daddy, your father, hears your prayers. And the great news is, not only does he hear, not only does he respond, but prayer doesn't just move God, prayer also changes you. And I love to say it this way, not only does prayer move the heart of God, but prayer also changes the chemistry in your brain. Praying to God helps you renew your mind. Let me tell you the science behind it in the brain that our God created. A few decades ago, neurologists believed that the brain didn't change after adolescence. In other words, after a certain age, your brain was completely fixed. And we know today that this is not true. Our brain is constantly changing. It's, it's evolving. It's rewiring itself as we think thoughts or as we experience experiences. Our brain is rewiring itself through a process known as neuroplasticity. It's not fixed. And that's why we've talked about the neural pathways. When you think a thought, it's, it's easier to think that thought again, which is good news if you're thinking godly thoughts. It's not good news if you're triggered to run from blue vans. You know, your brain is evolving. There's another term that I studied known as neurotheology. That word theology, what is, what is theology? The study of God. It's also known as spiritual neuroscience. What, and what is this? This is the study of the relationship between the brain and a belief in God. This is the study behind what happens to a human brain through prayer. And what happens is prayer changes your brain. Not only does prayer touch the heart of God, but prayer changes the chemistry of your brain. In fact, Dr. Carolyn Leaf has a book called Switch on Your Brain. And Dr. Leaf says this, It's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it could be measured on a brain scan. Prayer doesn't just touch the heart of God, but prayer also changes us. Just as toxic, negative thoughts hurts the brain and it pre-programs us for unhealthy thinking, therefore unhealthy living, prayer, on the other hand, it heals the brain. It renews the mind. And this is why in Romans 12, Paul said this, Do not be conformed to the patterns of the thought process or the ways of this world, but be transformed. In other words, be made different. Well, how are you made different? He said, by the renewing of your mind. God's word renews your mind and, and prayers to God transforms your mind. So why do we worry then? Why do we get so freaked out? Why is it that we stay awake in the middle of the night and, and we're anxious? And, and why do we get so on edge? Why are we so uptight all the time? Well, there's a lot of different reasons. But one of the reasons is we're experiencing what's called the Amagadala hijack. It's the where the Amagadala takes over and says, panic, survive, save yourself, you know, prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. It's bad. It's going to get worse. It's too late to pray. Survive. Forget everything else. Save yourself. It's the Amagadala hijack. And, and that's what someone who studies neuroscience might tell you. What the Apostle Paul would tell you from a theological position is this. He would say, your mind is dominated by sinful thinking. And that's what the Apostle Paul would say. He'd say, your mind is being dominated by sinful thinking. So what is worry? You can define worry this way. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power 
of God. What is worry? Worry is saying, God, I don't believe you're good enough to cover this. God, I don't trust you with this. Well, the Amagdala hijack, or, or letting your mind be dominated by sinful thinking, Paul would say this, instead of letting my sinful nature control my mind, I want to choose. And here's what I love about this. I'm going to let the logical part of my brain choose that which is spiritual, because I believe that which is spiritual is eternal. Therefore, I'm going to logically choose to believe what God says is true. I'm going to let my brain choose the truth of the Spirit. Therefore, the Spirit can direct my brain. And this is what Paul said in Romans 8, specifically Romans 8, 5 through 6. He says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. See, it leads to life and peace. Then that's why we take every thought captive. If there's a thought that is inconsistent with God's Word, we, we take that thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ. We demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and, and we take those thoughts captive because we will not be dominated by sinful thoughts that are displeasing to God, that take us out of God's will into a, into a place of darkness. Instead, we choose to follow God's truth. We choose to follow his spirit, which leads us not to anxiety, not to stress or not to fear or not to panic, but it leads us to life and peace. The Spirit of God controls our thoughts. So, how do we do this? Well, tell your prefrontal cortex to grab the Amidala by its horns and toss it as a side, you know, and give your burdens to God. Let me explain it to you this way. What do you do? Same thing I often do. You, you got a box full of worries. Oh, I got this coming and that coming and this to do and that to do. So, in a moment of faith... You take whatever's worrying you, and you say, God, I give this to you. Take it, Lord. Take it, God. Now, then you go back and you say, God, if you haven't done anything with it, I'm taking it back. Why do we do this? Why in the middle of the night do we say, God, I, I don't think you can handle it. The problem is your God is too small. Your worries are too big. It's time to get a bigger God and some smaller worries. Some of you, I would literally encourage you to get a box. It could be a shoebox and put God's name on it. And every time you've got a worry or a burden or a concern or your mind races, write down what that worry is. It might be your 17-year-old son. It might be the bills that are keeping you awake at night. It might be the fear of the future. It might be a relationship. Whatever it is, Write it down and put it in your God box and say, God, I'm trusting you with this person. I'm trusting you with this situation. And then go on with life. And if you want to worry about it at 2 in the morning, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get out of bed, go to the God box and take that thing out and say, God, I don't trust you with this. I'm taking it back. What are we, what are we told to do? We're told to cast all our cares on him, right? Because he cares for us. We don't just take our worries and put them with God. We take our life and, and we become hidden with God in Jesus Christ. We give it all to him. Everything. 
Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, that's kind of irresponsible, isn't it, Dan? I mean, let's just live in denial. Don't do anything about our problems. Just give it to God and see how that works for you when your bills come due. Okay, I'm not talking about living in denial. Let me give you kind of my philosophy philosophy of, of how I try to live this out, okay? And this is what I try to do. I want every time that there's something I can do, I'm going to do what I can do. In other words, if I've got a health issue, I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go to the doctors. I'm going to do what I can do. If I've got a big exam coming up, I'm going to study, and then I'm going to study, and then I'm going to study some more, and then I'm not going to play the games that are calling me from my Xbox or my PlayStation, and then I'm going to keep on studying. If I've got a financial issue, I'm going to make a budget. I'm going to get good advice. I'm going to spend less than what I make. I'm going to do what I can do. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to give God what I can't do. I'm going to do what I can do, and then I'm going to give God what I can't do. And ultimately then, I'm going to trust God no matter what. I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to give God what I can't do because I can't heal that person. I can't change that person. I can't control everything. I'm going to do what I can, and I'm going to give God what I can't. And I'm going to trust him no matter what. I want you to imagine this. Those of you that often battle with worry like I do, I want you to imagine a true heart of peace, a deep abiding sense of heavenly joy, a peace of mind that is impossible to explain with your words, a depth of trust in God. And what I want you to know is that it is possible and it's also a choice. It's a choice of where you let your mind go. If your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, do you like where your thoughts are taking you? When I looked at my thoughts, I I didn't like the direction they were taking me. Because life is hard. Life is so difficult. I can't get it all done. Nobody understands. Nobody cares. I can't keep it going. How long can I do this? No, I'm not going to let that take me away from God's will. If you don't control what you think, you can never control what you do. So what do we do? We identify the truth that sets us free from the bondage. Then we write it, think it, confess it until we believe it. I confess Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I confess the truth. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family is closer. My body is stronger. My faith is deeper. My leadership is sharper. I am creative, innovative, driven, blessed by the power of the Holy Spirit because he dwells within me. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. You see, declare what's true about you. Renew your mind with truth. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Tell yourself you're not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You take everything that is not of God, every pretension, and you demolish it. You take every thought captive and you make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your hearts, your minds, and your souls in Christ Jesus. 
You're not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner to an addiction. You've been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Listen, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. You don't interpret God through your circumstances. You interpret your circumstances through the goodness of God. And you bathe everything in prayer. Everything in prayer. Because you're not anxious about anything. But in everything you present your quest to God with thanksgiving and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding and will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, there will always be a battle in your mind. Let Jesus win the battle. Take the thoughts captive and let Jesus replace them with truth because we know the truth will set you free. Thanks for listening to Venture Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed this series called Mastermind. Starting next week, we'll have a new series. It's called, What Would Jesus Undo? I'm looking forward to talking to you then. If you want to find more information about Chandler Acres, visit www.chandleracreschurch.com.